What's going on, guys? Dustin with the LFG 1904 show. Proud to announce our partnership with Law Tigers. If you have been in a motorcycle accident, let's get you the compensation you deserve today and get you back on the road. Go ahead and call this number, 858-306-1986. Once again, that number is 858-306-1986. Law Tigers, nationwide, doesn't matter where you're at. Call that number, LFG. Yo, welcome to LFG 1904 Show. It's a bit of a different episode today because the boys are at work. But today, I am joined by Nino. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my man. What's up, man? My name's Nino, um, owner of The Firm Productions. Stoked to be here. Stoked to be doing this thing. You got an awesome thing here, man. I really appreciate that. And this is really exciting what you're doing. Like, I've been seeing SummerSlam getting promoted all over my Instagram, and growing up a hardcore kid, like, this is what exactly San Diego needs, and I'm really, really stoked to have you on the show today. Thank you, man. Yeah, it is what San Diego needs, and it's it's the start to, to a lot of stuff. You know, this is, yeah, this is going to be an annual event, but it's kind of like the the grand, re-grand opening of the firm, because the firm was kind of a bunch of different things initially. It was a clothing company that was supposed to be a tattoo shop. That was the actual origins of it, mm-hmm. but we also, I started it right before, two months before COVID. Oh. Yeah, so that wasn't, it was a yeah music tattoo influence line, and then that was hard. So then I had to do that. And Grab that mic, get close up on it. Yeah, sorry. There you go, you're good. Um, but yeah, so then once I started doing this thing, I, I had a big, really big company that I was partnered with. They were a apparel manufacturer, and it just didn't feel, it, it, it didn't feel right. Like, everything I did was like, we have to have photo shoots just to talk, like, have a meeting. Like, we have to have videos on everything. We have to do YouTube. It just wasn't DIY, hardcore, OG, punk rock, which is my roots. So I decided to make the move of doing it on my own and turn down the money, which is Probably not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, never. Yeah, and, and having like no idea of the the amount it takes to run a clothing line, uh, it's, it's a, a lot. lot of time, man. Yeah, Dude, we started this two months into COVID, mm. and there's been a lot of growing pains. So at one point, you were involved in screen printing. Well, so the the um, the partner that was what they did. They they yeah they produced everything, and then I did everything else. But um, it just didn't work out. And yeah, I just said you know i'll just do this on my own i'll figure it out and then once you figure out clothes like you gotta have a lot of time like if you're not going out doing it the right way like don't do it if you're not gonna do it the right way like i'm, I'm an entrepreneur i own two businesses and they act as as several but um once i saw the right way to do clothes like i got two kids i'm married i can't be at like some music festival across the country in, in hopes of making you know, some type of the money to get back home. Yeah, pretty much. You're yeah. like, you're just hoping to break even. And then on top of that, you got to go to like all the tattoo expos. And I'm like in two different things. And it was just something where I'm like, ah, I can't do this the right way. Like, what, what am I going to do? And I started when we could do shows again, I started coming up with the idea of like, I'll do like the, f- uh, the second show is a lower class brats um, collaboration show instead of it being like a like a record release, like you'd get, you know, like bands put out a split LP, you know, they're going to do a record release show. I'm like, same exact concept, except it's a t-shirt release show. And then I, I started booking shows. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a lot, but I started doing shows like when I was 12, 13 as a little kid in the East Coast. And um, so I had, it was just totally different, but I knew it's something, it's, it's, it's part of my, like, my DNA is music. It's, it's always been like that. So once I was able to start doing the shows, I wasn't at all focused on anything. So I just putting together a cool show. And then um, over time, I was still, like, dealing with this thing where the clothes are there and I'm not doing that proper. And I'm which way is the direction of the firm. And I decided to just, the last show, like, 
bombed, like it rained, you know, the winter sucked. Yeah. We all know it sucked. You yeah. Know? Um, and then when there's like two or three other shows going on in San Diego, you just. You're competing. It's too, yeah. You're in, it was, it was, it was like, I took, I failed. Like I, I did a business move and failed. So I'm like, all right, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to take this failure or am I going to learn from it? And I've always said like learning from mistakes is the best way sometimes, you know, like I'm lucky I have some people that I can rely on that, that influence me and then I can answer my questions. But yeah, I kind of just took the firm and I just put it on hold and decided what I wanted to do with it was take San Diego music to the next level in the music scene. I'm obsessed with hardcore punk rock. I love everything, but like, that's 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 yeah that's still in my dna and i'm like i'm gonna do the shows that i always see in la like why do concerts start in orange county and they don't start in san diego you know thousand percent i've always wondered that like so i'm not from here right so i'm from virginia beach and like we have a hardcore scene that's from vb to richmond dc into baltimore and from there you can also go to philly or you can go down south carolina sometimes has shows they have a they have a pretty good scene down there too but I was wondering, I'm like, I got here 12 years ago, and I'm like, why am I having to drive everywhere to go see the bands that I want to see? Why doesn't San Diego have, like, it's like bands don't want to tour this south. That's what it feels like. We're right? I feel like we're, I mean, this is one of the greatest cities in the country. It's, San Diego's an amazing place. We're Southern California, for, for the scene, is the top of the top. I mean, for punk rock and hardcore, you need metal. You really can't. Can we cuss on this thing? Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. We cuss a lot. I mean, yeah. No, there. dude. It's <laughs> let's <laughs> fucking go 1904. Come say, on. I feel like we should be able to cuss. Dude, you <laughs> can, we can talk about <laughs> slamming heroin. We can talk about it all, okay? All right, perfect. I'm not doing that, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was, I was like, fuck this after a while. I'm like, no one's fucking doing it. Like, I got homies that are promoters in L.A. Promoter, like, L.A. Is, is L.A. Like, they're the fucking giants. But they have fucking dope shows. They have multiple independent promoters that go out of the way. They're not, it's not, they don't work for just the music venue. They're, they work really for the scene and to create awesome shows. So I'm like, fuck, what am I sitting here watching these shows happen and not doing it? I'm going to fucking just go out and do it, and I'm going to go big. And I'm just, I'm going to get as much shit down as I can before, and I'm just, that's it. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking L's. I'm not going to lose because there's three or four other shows in some rain. I'm going to, I've been in working in restaurants and bars and, working with music for 20 years now so i know if you build it they will come you just got to do it the right way you got to like you said the marketing got to market the right way you got to understand all the the components of doing things proper you know and then also times have changed a lot you know money inflation what bands expect you know just making sure you're meeting those expectations so when they come back they know they're coming back proper they know it's going to be sick that's a huge thing too for bands is like knowing that the promoter's not going to fucking rip them off yeah. Like, not having to chase a dude down for your money. Like, that was always a thing growing up. Because back in, like, the early 2000s, from, oh, like, 08 to 16, like, the the tour lines on the East Coast, like, you were playing church basements and shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there was bands that were getting fucking ripped off. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we were paying 20 bucks to get in, and this dude fucking crushing. The promoter is crushing. And then paying, like, we hear that the dudes are making 500 bucks to play the show, but the dude made fucking eight grand. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? So, I think... Big things, uh, uh, and I don't know jack shit about booking, but making the show itself authentic and it feel genuine, like it is a genuine hardcore show and these people are in it for the right reasons, is a big part. And then doing right by the band side of things. Mm -hmm. And I think with the attitude that you have going about this, you're fucking doing it all right. You're checking all the boxes. Yeah, um, um, that's the idea, is to check all the boxes and go beyond what they expect. You know, like I pay the bands before they even play. Oh, dude. Like, like, like the, if you're going to play a show for the firm and – they're going to be like, yeah, Nino's going to set you up. You're going to be paid. You're going to have, like, a merch booth. You're going to have your own private area. You're going to have catering. 
like, I want you to come down here and be stoked. Not just because you're going to be like, oh, well, it's San Diego. You know, everyone wants to go to San Diego have a good time. Come down here have a good time and have the best show you probably had on your whole tour. Yeah. You're going to go to L.A. You're going to have the L.A. experience. You're going to go up and down the coast and do that. But I want you to remember San Diego. I want you to be like, when you talk to other bands, because that's kind of how it is. They'll be like, hey, what's up with this dude, this new guy? He takes care of us. He makes sure you're paid. He, he, and he'll go beyond. And that's, you know, what I'm trying to do so these fans know that, you know, we're on the map now. We're not, this isn't a one-time thing. And People are gonna going to commute anywhere. down to us. And let me tell you, folks, the driving is going to be a lot better than L.A. traffic. For everything L.A. is, it's got the worst traffic in the fucking world. But you could take the 5 or the 15, baby. We could have the IE coming down, Orange County and L.A., cruising the 5 all the way south. We have the venues. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we, I mean, San Diego's weird because we're, and weird in a sense, like, we're the only county in Southern California that's not physically connected to other ones. Like, we kind of are to Riverside, like we are technically, but it's Temecula, and then from Temecula, you got, like, another 20, 30 minutes to get there. But we're not connected to Orange County because Camp Pendleton's there. So yep. obviously not connected to L.A. Kind of like our own little island down here. Yeah, so I always say that. Like, once you get to Camp Pendleton or the border station, like, that's where the rest of the rest of SoCal, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're in our own bubble. Like, I don't, I don't see the reason to leave. Yeah. I try, unless I'm going to a fucking show, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but now the idea is we'll, we'll have those shows. And um, Corazon Del Barrio is a new venue um, that's a big part of this thing. Like, without them, without – basically, they had uh, Matt from Till 2, and I think the – well, he's who I work with terms of booking the shows there but um till two club took over the um i think booking the bands and just running a lot of good venue i just saw hoods there oh yeah that was it's cool i mean hoods, those guys are rad yeah um they played my first show ever actually for the firm really yeah they're coming back are you booked did you book them to come back no no they're i got summer slam the next week but yeah they're doing okay. um they're they're, they're going to be in national city i believe it's the 13th of august playing it's called us on in in national city it's is that barrio logan okay for sure yeah. near salute it's, it is connected to Salute. Nice. Yeah, yeah so dude. It used to be a, the art studio. Okay. So now they transformed it into, like, a perfect venue. So I'm like, like, Salute does, we like, when you go to the shows at Corazon de Barrio, they, you can buy, um, which they have just amazing Mexican food. It's yeah, so good. It's fucking authentic it's TJ tacos. Yes. It is as good as it gets. And I love it when you go in there. It's got, like, a lowrider theme to it. And I love lowrider. I'm like, dude, this place is fucking sick. And if you go to a show at Corazon, you can order food from the bar from Salute, and bring they bring it to you and the freaking pit, basically. Damn, dude. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, what else you guys? It's two floors. We have a green room, and the green room set up amazing for the artists. Nice. And it can be all ages. They have a designated merch area. They have an outside area. They're really cool and easy to work with. And Yeah, it's like I get to work with um, Matt from Till Two Club, who gets to – he's really easy to work and really helpful. I have, I have a lot of individuals that have been really nice and reached out and make sure I'm doing things the right way. And we haven't had that venue. San Diego hasn't had a venue like that for a long time. Um, so now this place kind of checks off all the boxes because it's like it's also got a full bar, you know. So if you want to go to a show, it's everyone wins. You know, you got all ages. You can got a full bar. You got food. You got an outdoor area. There's actually, you know, several. There's two layers to the place, so it's the sound's really good too. You really can't beat it. You know, it's it's a really cool thing. It's not a something like like I love Soma, but that's the big place. You know, I twenty two hundred cap. Yeah, you know, twenty hundred rad, but in LA that works a lot more than here. Like yeah. we needed a, we needed a three to four hundred, like around there, depending on how it's set up. But like, cap spot that, that can yeah, that can that can give everyone what they want and so. doesn't feel empty when you pack it in. Mm -hmm. Like brick by brick, I think is like eleven hundred cap, but it takes a lot to fill that up. Wow, that's like that's like I believe it's like close to like four. Oh, is five. it? Yeah, it's not. Okay, yeah. I mean, I love it. I'm a. 
that would be like a, I don't know, maybe like the downstairs of House of Blues. Voodoo Room is three. Uh, so I travel around doing DJ shows every weekend. Mm-hmm. Voodoo Room is three hundred cap, eleven hundred on the big room. Uh, I I thought that brick by brick was bigger, but five hundred definitely seems a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, I just yeah. went and saw End It there too. Nice, sick. <laughs> Fucking uh, Baltimore hardcore. What up? Fucking uh, Music Box is a big venue. Casbah, mm-hmm. Casbah can't be that big. Three, yeah, it's like a three fifty. Yeah, dude, and I. I've been to some shows there where it was maxed out, and that motherfucking roof sweats. Yeah, it's hot in there, and the floor is so slippery. I love Can't Castle. dance. It's, it's a classic. I, I mean, I see some of my favorite bands there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's you ain't dancing. No. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm 6'4", 235. I fall hard. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I throw I'm, a spin kick. It might be my fucking last one. Well, dude, if I, if I go to punk shows, like, I'm the target. They're like, look at this big asshole. They don't know I've been punk rock since I was fucking 10. I just don't believe in doing the whole thing. Like, yeah, I got a shirt on. I'm tatted, whatever. But he, I'm that guy, that the hipster punk rock guy, that will, he, he's going to get his moment. He's like. I'm gonna take down the big guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, please don't it's teach like me a prison a yard. Yeah, I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on. You know, and they, and they got the like the dude in the pit, the security guard using the pit. Yeah, I've always had a thing kind of a against that. The, yeah, you know, it's not like I, I don't want to say anything negative about them, but like, yeah, that's not really like what I want to see in there. No, no. Uh, but either way, it's. Classic, I think brick classic. by brick did it cool, and it they were on the sides, and but they were like flashing people. Like I would be facing him and he would flash me with his flashlight when somebody was getting a little rowdy and it's like bro i can't see shit so if this guy comes at me i'm fucked oh, but like i'm just like hands like up yeah i'm just like hands up trying not to get smoked dude this weekend i actually went out to two different totally different hardcore shows went out to pomona on friday for mosh for youth um to see scalp and valencia 97 minutes and those kids out there got down man dude There's no security nothing you know but they uh, the they ie is getting fucking route they have been though so yeah. when i first moved here uh i went to a backyard show in cathedral city which mm-hmm. is out in the fucking desert they're rowdy dude they the get, ie they they're not fucking around they are not fucking around i love it i want to you know who's from there that i really want to see that i'm excited about fucking where where is it Badio slam oh fuck yeah right here on the right there show. dude yeah. Those kids are fucking killing it. They are uh, so not to good. call y'all kids, you grown ass men, but y'all are fucking. I cannot wait to see you guys. I was I was trying to get them on the next day. Like uh, the the dude, the lead singer of Barrio Slam runs this Mosh for You um, uh, charity that does these shows. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, dude, your band is so fucking good. Like, I'm, this is kind of like how I'm looking at. It. I'm like, there's so much good music. Why is it not more well known? I'm like, you guys should be like doing crazy shit. This is an a, like a amazing hardcore band. I'm like, yeah. whatever I can do. So we work together. I'm like, I'll bring my San Diego shows out here. You know, come bring your IE shows to San Diego. Let's all work together. Same thing with LA. Um, but that particular band, I mean, so many of these bands on here. But um, and yeah, I the idea is getting them the proper exposure. I want to, f- one thing I would love to see in, in this SoCal scene is it not be so divisive based on where you're from. Mm-hmm. Like, we can leave the politics out of it because that I think that's, not what represents hardcore well yeah like we we all got to come together on this because the hardcore scene within itself is not that big right so now if we start getting divisive within it now we're excluding fucking people and it's it's subverting the whole fucking reason we're into this music in the first place yeah totally it it, it doesn't it's it's very united right now it's a different thing you, you, well you, it's, there's a lot of new stuff going on with particularly just hardcore you know you got new styles of hardcore coming very out. much so the trips me out hearing these bands that are like half alternative rock like in 90s like like uh scowl you know they have that one song i'm like this is a sonic youth song right and then there's another song where she's screaming it sounds more like an old school like 
hardcore. I'm like, what is this? Dude, I saw Scowl. I think it was like, it was at uh, Chain Reaction. Mm. It was one step closer. Scowl Zulu. Mm. <laughs> Shout out to them. Fucking killing it. Yeah. Fucking. But what they sounded like then versus their new record. They've kind of fucking the, the, exactly what you're talking about—the Sonic Youth '90s vibe. I love that pe- the youth that's beneath me, the younger generation beneath me, is tapping into that older style mm-hmm. and bringing it back because it's fucking—it's—it's it's it's exciting to see. It's—it's it's very very interesting. It's very something I didn't see coming. You know, I, no. I, I, it's like it's—it's uh, it's a crazy thing because I saw Sonic Youth back in the day. That's if, wild. You know, I mean, I, you're older than I am. That's fucking crazy. Just so we're clear, I'm not 400 years old on this thing. <laughs> it's been <laughs> 84 <38. laughs> years. <laughs> I was born in 84. You okay. know? And honestly, I'm very grateful for that because I'm like the last generation to go through, you know, becoming a, a man without social media, without like all these other devices. Like, um, it was different. You know, it's, it was a lot different. Now I look at kids, I'm like, dude, your life's totally different. I'm like, you don't even have to like socialize to socialize. I'm like, you don't know. I want to say that me and him are the cutoff because we were born in 90, yeah. right? So I grew up without the internet yeah. as a kid, but then like cell phones, MySpace, all that, I was at the influx of all that. So we had all those growing pains. We got to see the good and the bad of it, you know what I mean? And, yeah. But I also missed out on a, a lot of shit too because of that. The old word of mouth life. Yeah, dude. <laughs> flyers. Fucking flyers, dude. I still believe in, you know, doing these. You go anywhere in San Diego, you will see these flyers. I'm here yeah. for it, dude. But um yeah my it's 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 a trip too because I was I was born in Boston uh, my mom um, remarried by the time I was five and she moved across the street from here to in Pacific Beach and then um and I was bi coastal till I was like thirteen by the time I was ten I was that was nineteen ninety four so punk rock exploded then and when you're in the nineties at that time like it's just there's no social media there's no nothing it's just music. That's how you kind of determine who you are. That show, that's how like you click up. Yeah, that's how you click up. You know, that's how you kind of show your whatever, you know. And um, it was a trip because I, I started going to concerts. I think my first one was Red Hot Chili Peppers in, yeah, 94, whatever the, the Boston Garden was called right after it opened. Or re- they remodeled it, whatever. And then by, like, sixth grade, I started going to punk shows. And by seventh grade, I started booking punk shows in Boston in that time. It was a crazy. What area of, of Boston? City, like, like right in the heart of it. Like Cambridge or? <laughs> well, I'm from Dorchester, but um, oh. the shows I booked were at, there was, I, I must have booked over a dozen. Got um, a buddy named Matty Arsenault from uh, Dorchester. I mean, I was in a band called A Loss for Words. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a pretty funny thing. No, I mean, we, we lived a couple places before there, but that's where we lived the longest. But booking shows back then um, at BFWs, you know, yeah. going to these legendary venues that Boston had, I didn't realize I was in like a golden era of the time. I booked my first show, The Unseen played. What? It, it was The Unseen. It was uh, East Coast Panic, which was um, Al from The Piss, who was like one of my favorite like anarcho hardcore punk bands ever. They had broken up, but he started that band. I thought they were great. And then, yeah, I booked shows like all the time. Like I was friends. I've been friends with Ken Casey from Dropkick Murphy since about that time, 12, because you look at the back of the 7-inch, call us for booking. I'm in a punk band. No one's booking our punk band because why would they? <laughs> So I got to make the show happen, and I got to book the bands. I got to do the marketing. You got to do, like, on foot. It was just so much different. And then, you know, um, 13, I moved here and kind of wasn't in a band, so I wasn't booking shows. And it's just so crazy to be, like, 
how it is now. It's so much different. You know, all your avenues of marketing. You got you, everyone's got booking agents. The, the the price is obviously a whole other world, but it's just a totally different thing now. But in the sense of like how you reach people and how you negotiate and do that. But one of the things I think I love so much about music is it's still, you know, when you go to the show, it's still the same. You know, I, I got I still got the Harrison in the back. All right, can't wait to hear that that song. You know, I'm just waiting there. I just I'm in the front. Like I go to most shows by myself. Yep. Like most of my homies I grew up with. <coughs> they're not into this. Like, they're a lot of my friends are you know, gangsters, or doing crazy shit, or like just kind of chilled out after a little bit. But it's a lot. It, it's 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 therapy to me. You know, it really that's that's what this ha- this whole thing's always been. And um, I love going out there. There's something that just connects with me. And when I can be the be actually someone that can make a difference in the city that I love and bring in awesome music, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, just, I'm fired up, man. What was the scene like? Like the punk scene and the hardcore scene in San Diego when you were growing up here. Were you a part of it? Yeah. So it was a trip because I would be here half the time and then in Boston half the time. I did two things. I skateboarded and I fucking went to punk rock and hardcore shows. That's it. Mm-hmm. So like in winter when my dad's like, all right, you're going to San Diego for the next month for, you know, Christmas vacation or whatever. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I get to skate the whole time. Number one. Yeah. And it was before they kinked off everything. You yeah. Know, so I, every Capped school, every ledge. Yeah. So it was awesome. And then I would go to all the shows here. Shows here were we had a couple other venues that aren't around anymore. I think a lot of people forget about um, Showcase had a theater here. I don't I don't think it was the same as Corona, but people kind of forget. Like, Corona has, like, the one that everyone knew about. But there was one in um, Washington Ave, right by the airport. Um, Shea Cafe's been there forever. Yep. The scenes were pretty gnarly. I remember the first, there was a lot of gangs and stuff. Like, in the East Coast, there was a youth crew stuff. Yeah. But you just knew where they were going to be. Like, don't go see Earth Crisis. You know, <laughs> unless you want to fucking, like, like, if you're going to be a drunk punk, you don't go to that show. Like, some bands kind of bridge the gap a little bit, like a Blood for Blood or something. They would play a show with Dropkick Murphys and the, the local bands, and they would play, you know, with the other bands. So, like, ah, I'll probably die if I go to that. Yeah. Um, but when I came here, the first hardcore show, <coughs> it was gnarly. It was... um. And the punk rock, like, I grew up on Hellcat record compilations sure, yeah, and shit like yeah. that. Out here, you had, like, Pennywise. Yeah. It was a different style of punk, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Totally different style of punk. Um, but it... They definitely love East Coast punk rock here. Like when Boston released the, well, not released, when I found like this is Boston, not LA, that comp, I'm like, why is this out? I'm like, no one from Boston has beef with LA's music. Like we actually love it. Like it's not a, it's not that, that, I don't know. But yeah. anyways, yeah. So I think my first show, I, I went and saw Blank 77s. It was New Jersey punk rock and in Boston at the time, they were huge. Like when they came to town, like everyone got fired up. That was like one of the bands that like everyone was super excited. And I go to see Blank 77s here and, a dude got ran up and stabbed in the pit by a gang, like, within a couple minutes of me being there. I was like, whoa. I'm like, what was that? They're <laughs> like, oh, that's a so-and-so gang. I'm like, what do you mean gang? Like, I know, like, crews, but, what you, like, what? They're like, no, it's a punk rock gang. I'm like, what? I didn't know that existed. And then they dance different here. Like, it was more circle pit. Yeah. That kind of stuff. We're in the East Coast. It's like, yeah, there's definitely times where, like, p- fools will pull me to the side. Like, dude, if you keep dancing like that, they're going to rat pack you. There was the rules of the punk scene where <coughs> yeah if you messed up you got caught up pretty quick really yeah so was it, it like mm. and not to like create this but was it a majority skinheads out here or like legit just like kids from the hood that gang like grew up in prison culture well one thing that i think a lot of people forget is the streets run different here they you do know, the, the prison system runs the streets it does where in other systems other states that's not so you see that a little bit um I was also getting into the time, like, particularly by 1998 when I moved her full-time. That was more of my, like, 
my like grindcore crust punk era. Oh, yeah. So those shows you weren't really seeing gangs, but I was going to Shea Cafe like every you knew wouldn't ever see a gang at that show. But I was going to Shea Cafe every weekend. Like I also I just moved to Winnessee Beach. My family moved from PB to Winnessee. So I was just lucky. Yeah. And so every weekend I saw bands like Spaz or you know, just I could go on forever. But the gangsters here that were in the scene, yeah, a lot of them look like just straight up cholos. Yeah. And then other times they just look like straight up punk rockers. You know, yeah. and now I can look at the hardcore scene. They just there's there's gangs in the hardcore scene. They just they kind of look same thing. Yeah, tatted up kind of cholo looking dudes. Some are just white boys. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's confusing. Yeah, but there's a lot. You know, when um when I met an older homie, who kind of put me like like when I was a kid, he kind of put me on blast. I'm like, this is how the scene was growing up. Like you want to use a old school L.A. punk rock gangster dude. And he was just breaking down all the shit. I'm like, I had no idea about this. Stuff. <laughs> it's like you're, you, the the blind the yeah. blinders get fucking taken off, and you're like, oh, oh wow, I do notice that. I was like, I was in the middle of all that the whole time. Had I had no idea. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting um, dynamic, and I don't know. Things have changed, obviously. You know, it's it's. But you they're know, starting to also ramp active, back up. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I got nothing against it. I think youth crews. I I. I want to see a resurgence being that I'm in recovery now. Like I always put straight edge on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like it always meant something to me because I grew up in hardcore. I was never, I'm an alcoholic. Like it was not an option for me. I was in the depths of my fucking drinking. Like I was not going to stop drinking. I would respect the show and not show up shit, fa- shit house or I would drink in the parking lot, but it always meant something to me. I would love to see a resurgence in that. Like the youth knowing that they don't have to fucking do blow on the weekends and go blow their paychecks at a fucking club or fucking get, hooked on fucking fentanyl and end up dying. Like I would like to see a resurgence in that youth crew energy, but it doesn't also have to be taken to the extremes of like the earth crisis shows where they're smashed. Like fucking I've talked to Josh and he's told me some good stories about fucking what, what used to take place in Jacksonville and Duval baby. (laughs) But, uh, I want to see it in the going in the right direction and not, you know what I mean? That's all bring, bring crews back for the right reasons. Like foster a good scene. It's hard to get a group of, Knuckleheads, knuckleheads together in a, in a positive mindset. Like, I, yeah. I've and what's crazy is all the guys that like from your generation and mine that started all that, that are still a part of it, are now they've maybe I don't maybe not mellowed out because they're still fucking good to go, ready. Yeah. But I think they're doing it for the right, the better reasons now. Whereas I, I see a lot of the younger cats are trying to. They're like, this is how it was then. This is how it's gonna be now. So, I mean, and it's just, it's on us as the older generation, I think, to, like, foster that. I don't know. I just feel like hardcore's for everybody. Punk yeah. is for everybody. We should keep it that way. It should be inclusive, not cool kid. Yeah, totally. And and I I would say there's definitely a little bit of the cool kid thing going on in hardcore now as it blows up. Like, yeah, you ain't a cool kid if you don't say turnstile rules now, you know? I, I think they're a good band. I don't think they rule. I, 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 I remember when they fucking put out nonstop feeling. Yeah. And, like, I've, I've always loved turnstile. I love the new record too. I can listen to it through and through. I don't think it's the end all be all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. If you say one thing, it could go a certain way. So you, you don't right. Know. But violence and stuff. I think that's that's always been a kind of a place in hardcore. For sure. You know? It's not oh, for sure. You like it or not, it's it's always been a place in there. It's kind of it. Like I, in the Boston hardcore scene. I mean. Come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was... Yeah. Fucking uh, hop on Google if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be at, like, like an Earth Crisis Blood for Blood show. I remember going to that, and you couldn't cut the tension in that room with a fucking chainsaw. Because, like, Earth Crisis's crew and the Blood for Blood and Boston thing, like, homeboy showed up, um, Carl, um, shows up in a Mercedes, and dudes were throwing 
baloney on his Mercedes and throwing meat all over his car. Like, it was just, it was scary. You know, you, you knew shit was going down. Um, but it was kind of like, I kind of expected it. You know, this is, we're kind of, you know, this is the scene. It is what it is. I don't, like, now I'm older, I tell kids, you know, you don't got to go crowd killing and punching random people in the face, man. Go have fun. You know, like, be responsible. Bro. Like, you know, crowd kill your homies. Yeah, do it to your That's friends. That's what, you, you crowd kill your friends. Don't, don't crowd kill the, the young 16-year-old kid that is just discovering the glory that is going yeah. to shows. Yeah. But, again, I'm not here to gatekeep anything. You do whatever yeah. the fuck you want, but. <sighs> it is. It, it, it's the bane of what we got going on, right? I think it, my thing is, like, I mean, it seems more for an, an opportunity to get viral, you know? Like, this term, beatdown, that's just a viral term, you it know? Is. It's, yeah, sure, it's just a style of music. Um, they probably could have coined it something else, but it just, it came, it came viral. You, you know, know what they're missing on it? It's not beat down because you beat down people. It's beat down because of the beat. Yeah. Because you dance to it. Yeah. It does describe it well, but it doesn't come out. You know, it, yeah. it, it gives people this impression like, oh, we're going to go and beat down some people <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. show. It's like, no, it's, 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 that's the name of the music. It's the drums. <laughs> it's the drums. It's the, it's the, the drop beat. You know, it's, yeah. it's the breakdown. It's not. The physical, yeah. <laughs> the actual physically beating hey, down the shit out of them. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah, They'll yeah. figure it out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is, like, with the resurgence of it, the old heads are coming back out. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of this arm on the shoulder, like, hey, check this out. It was, yeah. I, it's, I, I love seeing, like, a lot more. Like, this show kind of was a combination of bringing out the old heads, bringing out the new guys, bringing the locals, bringing as much as we could. And SummerSlam is what I'm referring to. But, um. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where the new guys dance different. So like guys like me, I'm like, whoa, this is you know, is this cool or is this not cool? It seems pretty, you know, everyone's not going too wild with it, but I could see this being bad, you know. Dude, I look at it like uh, growing up in the East Coast, the East Coast, like the Boston two step is different than what it was oh. in VA, and then the West Coast, like they've got like a Carlton style like. <laughs> I like it though. I fucking it's groovy as fuck. It is. They you look good I mean? when they do. I they do. Like that, it's man. steezy as fuck. A fool that's got a good two step. Come mean, on, damn, dude. You, that's like a. I'm like, you should be a break dance. Like that looks smooth and good. I know. You know, good. I got something, but I'm too long. People just think I look too like big. And yeah, you take up know. eight feet of the fucking pit <laughs> when you're fucking two stepping, bro. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I just I'm still up front, but I'm like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, like someone with a good two step, man, to kill it. Or like, I mean, these kids are like full on athletes now in the mosh pit. I was like, I went to Slow Death show on uh, on Saturday and fucking backflips and uh, handstands and cartwheels. I've seen some, yeah, dude. That so w- also social media has brought up like the crowd kill thing too, right? Like cartwheels in space, stage dive, D- Jesus. Like, there's some great fucking content coming out that's promoting hardcore mm-hmm. and punk, and I I love to fucking see it. And it's just that, but I'm also seeing like at end it. There was one homie and he was in there and like some fucking. Shorts and a crew neck, or he was, no, he was wearing a Vince Staple fucking uh, long sleeve, which fucking, shout out to you, I think your name was Chris, you're fucking solid. This fool was still getting out there, but he looked like, I would look at him and be like, that's a vegan straight edge dude, and he's still just killing it. <laughs> it definitely like my age or older too, yeah. I was like, that's that shit I like. There you go. like to see the boys out there getting after it. That's right. You know? Definitely, definitely. So what was the cu- the culmination of SummerSlam? What, what was, was it the winter show that didn't go so hot? You said, fuck it, I'm coming out swinging with a summer banger. That was some of it. Yeah. That was definitely some of it. So I, I wanted to put, ever since um, we could do shows again, like my my idea was like I was going to do a show called SoCal United. I'm going to get all just, the idea was like all different styles. Like we're all just going to bring all different styles of Southern California music together. We'll do a cool music festival. 
but trying to the idea was doing it in like um like a brewery or something like that but there's a lot of things that it's harder to do like that yeah and so um when the last show happened i kind of just made the decision like all right i'm gonna do it but i didn't know which direction the f- the, the fest was gonna go like number one like talk with bigger bands like it's kind of like who are you and what is this you know so i'm like all right maybe i'll just do like a hometown thing that'll be easier like you know i can build from there um you know if you're gonna do like a hometown show certain bands have to be on like take offense with like a band like if i can get them on this bill then i can have a legit like hometown throwdown you know and then uh my friend's band pathology which is an awesome like brutal death metal band they're on nuclear blast they're all my homies i was trying to get them and i was like cool i'll do like a um like an old school clash of the titans type shit or like uh what was it called? new kids and all like those old school concerts where you'd see like the crossover like slayer and af you know yeah. like i want to bring back that shit like why does it always have to be so like only this like dude fucking 10 for 10 hardcore i saw it when i was in the marine corps in jacksonville north carolina it had Madball, death before dishonor but fucking i th- i want to say it was august burns red and like another a couple other metal bands mm-hmm. And it was ten bucks, ten bands, fucking bangers. How like, sick is that? it was so rad. So I wanted to. I, I've been like brewing that in my head. I was like, I want to do that. Like, I saw a really cool flyer for a Madball Suffocation. Uh, oh, it was Madball Suffocation. Someone, but it was like right when we got a pandemic. I'm like, dude, that is dope. I'm like, that reminds me. That's like nostalgia. So I was shooting around with that, but then my friend's band. They had to. They had a, like either do an album. Just things didn't work out. So I kept just trying to see wh- how is this direction going to go and. Um, Take Offense came on and I kind of just started talking with other bands that were in that similar group and it kind of just everything fell into place and then a lot of bands ax- actually asked to be on it. Um, Strife looked totally different. Like no other bands knew about Strife. Like I couldn't like pitch that to like a band because when you can say, hey, I got Strife on the bill, people are going to say yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like you're r- ridiculous if you ain't playing with Strife. Like this yeah. Top five you greatest. You take that ever. flyer and you put it on the fucking wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And so I, I, I was kind of, you know, but it was cool because like, Dead Heat jumped on and ran and like, um, this Madre and like people were just it started going and then, lots of awesome bands are asking to be on and then just it got like to this thing I'm like shoot I need to add another day, I got to do like this the the pre show was pr- it was going to be just a whole nother day. Yeah. But I'm like it's got to be like equal. You know it, it can't be like half like the firepower of day two so i'm like how about this i'll do the you know less expensive we'll get some awesome bands on it you know it'll be i wanted to make it as proper and as traditional as a festival as you could so yeah it definitely um it took time and it was crazy how it came together but um now it's like i got people calling me like trying to make their flight plans to come across the country and they want to where should i stay and i'm like this is crazy yeah <laughs> i'm like I now you're getting into the logistics of it dude yeah i'm like i started with this like you know, I'm like, this is my dream. I'm going to do it. Like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm going to at least try. Yeah, I got to be an example to my children to say, I try. You know, I, I, at least I tried. You know, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Sometimes failure leads to success. It does. Yeah. Every fucking time. Dude, that's what all this is. It's mm-hmm. fucking, like, I was able to quit my fucking job in the car business to be a screen printer, own a clothing brand, and, and run a podcast. And I DJ on the weekends. I travel across the country DJing to pay my bills. Awesome. Like, it's not my, I, like, I don't want to DJ fucking ABBA at disco parties as a full-time fucking gig, it, I love it. It's fun. It's a great way to pay the bills. But, like, I want to I be creative and, and fucking enjoy what I do. This is all, like, my two homies supporting me and me supporting them to chase our fucking dreams and do something different because I don't want to be fucking 43 and look back on the last 10 years and be like, fuck, I wish I had done that. 100%. That's, that's, that's some of the – I mean, I live by that. I live by 
not wanting to wish I did something. Bingo. And then like no regrets. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta just you just gotta go and do it. You know, and it's it's scary, you know, it it it, it takes some balls. You gotta go through shit. But I mean at the end of the day, when you love what you do, that's magic. That's that's like such like it's I true. I own You're not working. Exactly. Like I've been in the bar industry forever. I love bartending, love doing that stuff. It was you know, it's it was this is a great city to do it in. San Diego is you know, it's no secret, but now I own like a trade school and I teach people how to do it and I help them get jobs and they I get thank you emails and letters. A lot of them are sober, a lot of them just need financial help in life and need to change their nine to five misery, you know? And I'm like, here, let me help you. And it's so cool that I actually get so much like joy out of helping people change their lives. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing. Why would I like, well, how else can I do this? How about, how can I change some more life? How about in a different aspect? I'll, I'll change musical lives in San Diego's, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll go out and I'll be the dude that says, I'll get these gigs. I'll, I'll put my money up. I'll do it. We'll find out if it works. If it doesn't, you know, this, I can this always make my, more money. Yeah. This is my end all, you know, I have my other things, but I'm, it's been motivating for sure. Um, opening up, having businesses and then doing this and just having, um, motivation and just, I don't know, the best way to describe it, just being more influenced to do these things. So the trade school is one of your businesses. Is the other one the firm? Or is there something else aside from the firm? Yeah, so basically I own two um, I own two schools. So they're called Gasland Bartini School in San Diego and then Inland Empire Bartini School in Riverside. And okay. Um, yeah, so they're trade schools, though. I'm also a uh, staffing agency, and I also do consulting. Oh, so fuck. It's, yeah, so it's like an umbrella. For, for service industry? Mm-hmm. Staffing? Mm-hmm. Oh. bartenders. And then... Consulting too, like you got an eighty percent chance, eighty percent chance going out of business in three to four years if you open up a bar. You know, you could ruin your whole family's life. So I, <sighs> I've been this thing long enough. I've, I've made mistakes, learned from. It. I've, I've done enough where like I can show people how to not lose your whole house, don't lose your family's everything. Let me, you know, it's 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 again, it's something where like I didn't think bartending would do some shit like that. I thought it was just a annual thing to do, and I'll figure out my life later. Yeah, I was able to take it and make an industry out of it. Like I didn't know throwing these shows when I was 12, 13 would give me the idea and the balls to do it later on, you know. It's fucking crazy, man. But, yeah, it's just, life's crazy, you know. This world's crazy. Make the most out of it. Exactly, dude. You get one ticket, take the ride. Exactly, yeah. Dude, Joker. we, me and my boy over here, we did some partying in downtown Riverside. Let me fucking tell you. <laughs> what was it, Pixel? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we was up in the Pixel. No, all right. I will go on record and say, Rowdiest fucking security ever. I've never seen security and the bartenders so ready to get down with rowdy patrons. Riverside is not fucking around. They IE is not fucking around. They, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hot out there. They ain't fucking playing no games. <laughs> Dude, I, all right. So when I moved here, mm-hmm. my first stop was Moreno Valley. That's where I lived. And then I lived in Hemet. And then I made my way to Temecula. And then down here to the promised land. That is San Diego. You know what I mean? I thought I was in heaven when I got to MoVal. And then I got, like, my first couple jobs. And they're like, You've never been anywhere else, have you? I'm like, no. They're like, this is not ideal place to be in California. Mm. It's a little bit rough around the edges. And then I found that out. <laughs> this was like 13 years ago that you yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a little bit rough. Oh, there. dude, I was skating home from work one night and I got pulled up on by. <laughs> I was skating home. I was working at Five Guys, Zoomies, and uh, BJ's Brew House. And I had just finished up a shift at fucking Five Guys. I had worked at Zoomies and worked at Five Guys. And I was skating home because. My now ex-wife had kicked me out of the house because I was drinking too much, right? So I'm living with this family that I found on Craigslist, and I'm skating up Pigeon. Is it Pigeon Pass, that main right by the mall where that five guys was? Yeah, up Pigeon Pass. These two cholo dudes hop out of the car. One walks past me. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm listening to music. 
And then the other dude, ha- he's walking weird, and I see him pull out a bat. And then the other dude just cleans my clock from the other side. I drop the skateboard. I get in the street, square up. They look at each other, and they're like, oh, fuck it. Grab his board and fucking book- booked it. Stole my skateboard, gave me a black eye. I was like, god damn it. All that for a skateboard. Yeah, I mean, they wanted, I had my backpack. They wanted the backpack, uh, but I was ready to fight for that. Yeah. And there wasn't anything in that but, like, a Diamond Supply t-shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Pair of fucking skinny jeans. Yeah, sometimes I tell people, like, I, I got a business out there, and I'm there more. They're like, oh. <gasps> like, well, it's honestly, if you go to downtown Riverside, just, that's probably, like, the cleanest downtown in California. Like, downtown is, d- That's yeah. nice. D- like, downtown LA is, it's not a secret. You know, everyone knows what it looks like right now. And downtown San Diego is... It's getting there. Yeah. They know. they push people out of gas lamp, but. I don't know where Hufflepuffs are going to do it. I mean, they just changed the, uh, now they got the new ordinance where you can't have camps. Yeah. Like, um, you know, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, it doesn't start till July 31st, but either way, like you go to downtown Riverside, it's not like there's not bum camps along the streets. It's not um covered in spray paint. But if you go to like, what's it, Harupa? Yeah, you go five minutes from downtown Riverside, you are now in a whole different world, and it's like, what just happened? I was like, you go to your Rubido, it's a little different. Yeah, Casablanca, like it's whoa, you guys are getting down. Yeah, no, fucking around. I fucking (laughs) I went and got my haircut at this place, and I was like, I don't know, I'll just go there. Um, it was just all cholos, and they were like tripping on me, and I'm like, I wasn't kind of like really paying attention to it, but they, I didn't realize my tattoos or some shit. So they were just like, right when I sat down, they all stopped talking, and I'm like. What is great? I just going to the wrong place right now. Great. And they were just, they didn't know what to do. Cause like, you know, Mexicans know I'm not Mexican. I'm half Puerto Rican, half Italian. So it's confusing because there's not a lot of Puerto Ricans <laughs> and all Italians here. He's so got melanin in his skin. He's definitely not a white boy. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, what is this fool? He's got like blood for blood. But then I got Southern California in my neck. I got a lot of shit. And I just. Do you speak Spanish? Yeah, I used to speak a lot better. My wife, um, it's a you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. Yeah. I was the same way with Italian. You know, like. Oh, you spoke Italian? Yeah, for a little bit, um, to like you know, full time, right? It's 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 one of those things. Where it was yeah, that's a it's similar to Spanish, but um, no, nah, like my mom, she like barely spoke English, but she never also taught me a single word in Spanish. So I just like <laughs> knew when she was mad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Puerto Rican women don't let that be. You know, that's not a silent yeah. thing. You they know? are not fucking around, man. She was hardcore, and you know, I mean, it's growing up in that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy way to grow up with because my stepfather's from Mexico City and um they're both just old school traditional like just you know beat your kids senseless type shit. Yeah. You know, I, I don't agree with that. I don't have that DNA. Maybe it's because how much they did it to me, but it's just old school, you know, different yeah. way of growing up. I grew up in an Irish Catholic family. I'm very, very familiar. <laughs> yeah. You know it's crazy on my Italian side, no one fucked around. I like my dad never touched me once. Really? Yeah. My mom stabbed me with a fork. Oh, I was like 11. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm like, this is uh, what's supposed to happen. And yeah. uh, that's what I thought. And then by the time now I'm a parent, I'm like, oh, God, I could never. I couldn't imagine doing it. Yeah. I mean, think like I, if I, if the only time I've ever like raised my voice like with the kids, I, I apologize to them. I feel so bad. <laughs> and that's well, that's the nice thing about the dad voice. I got a little bass in the voice. And all I got to do is put that on and it fucking works every time I get the attention. Mm-hmm. I don't got to raise my voice. Put a little bass in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey, damn it. <laughs> That's it. That's all it takes. Uh, how, what, so what do you what are your kids? So I have I'm remarried, so she has a twelve year old and a six year old, and then I have a twelve year old and my son will be nine on Friday. Wow. And then in three weeks we'll have a baby. Wow. Three weeks or less. She I was on the phone with her before we came on and she's like, So she had a doctor's appointment today and she's like, So uh I had a contraction while I was there. 
So I'm thinking either this week or next week. And I'm like, uh, we have so much shit going on between the print shop, work, and the fucking uh, the events, like the first and second. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing Bike Fest here. I'm uh, like so, like I have 600 shirts I got to print. A minimum. <laughs> and you got to be in baby mode. Like and, I, and, and we have to rearrange our fucking house. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. But this is what I asked for. I asked for every bit of this. You it's know what I mean? I mean, congratulations on your Thank upcoming, you. of course. Um, yeah, honestly, being a father is, it's it's like a cliche type thing. You know, Father's Day yesterday made me think about it more. But I'm just, it, that's been the most amazing thing in my life. Like, I love being a father. I make better decisions. I do things I would never have done because I'm a father. Like, my goal in life is to raise my son proper and my daughter, you know, and I just, um, probably why I do stuff like this, you know, I want to show them like, Hey dude, do what you want to do. If you think it's rad and you believe in it, do it. You know, you know, I might, I'll help you or whatever you need. You know, I'll show you, but yeah, being a father is, I mean, I get emotional even just talking about, it. I, I love everything about it. You know, sometimes what did someone ask me the other day? They're like, what's, it was a person that doesn't have a, um, any kids. I was like, what's like, like the, the worst part about being a parent? He's like, what? <laughs> like nothing. He's like, what about, you know, sleep? I'm like, fuck sleep. I'll, I don't care. I can wake me up any time. I'll, I'll stay awake for the next five fucking years. That's what you want me to do. Like, there's nothing bad about being a parent. It's, it's the biggest blessing. It's the greatest thing ever, you know? The one that there's only one thing. Feeling like you either missed the mark or not being available. Or you missed something. Yeah. Or laying down in bed at night and you're like, fuck. Yeah. I wish I had done something. That's the only downside. And that's not even really a downside. Yeah. That's accountability on your part of being a parent. Yeah. No, honestly, it's... it's Crazy that you just said that. Last yesterday, like I was hanging out with the kids all day, and my wife she's like, you know, what do you want to do? I'm like, let me just take a nap for like a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me just take. Let a get nap, a nap in. Know? That's all I want for Father. Let me take a nap, and then uh, I think she assumed like I kind of just I'll just let them like take the day off type thing, and the kids like they passed out early, so by the time I woke up, they were like asleep, and I was bummed. Exactly what you just said. I'm like, oh man, shouldn't take like, my nap. I'm like, why did I take that fucking nap? I'm like, I should have. Drink a Celsius, or you know, I should have done something. Like, why did I like? I feel like I missed out. Luckily, you know, I have today and whatever. You know, I have another. But it the only times I've ever been able to take a nap, and I I don't even know if I really did, was with the kids. If I try to do it now, it it ruins my whole day. Like, I have to wake up in the morning and then just drain the battery throughout the day, and then come nine, ten, eleven o'clock, yeah. I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm grumpy, mm-hmm. and I'm asleep, and I'm asleep hard. And yeah. then I'll wake up and do it again. If I take a nap in the middle of the day, it disorients me, and I'm like, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and if, if if you're a parent and you're up till midnight, you're fucking around or something's not right. Like if you're not dead ass tired by nine, particularly with kids like in school, that's the one thing that no one told me. Like everyone's going to be like, oh, this is what's going to happen when you have a kid and wait for this and you'll never get this and blah, blah, blah. No. What the no one said was you're on a fucking school schedule for the next 18 fucking years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, this, is, this is the first week of summer. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck. Dude, I don't got to get up at six. Like, I, no one brought that subject up. That's, I, that's what I always tell. In common ex- denominator. It's like, without a doubt, you were, you were on a school schedule. Yeah. Like, no, you get three years to prepare for that. <laughs> so, if, you know, we get four or five years to prepare for that, depending if you put them in pre-K. Mm-hmm. So, enjoy that. And th- that's the, what I always tell people. Expecting parents, like, dude, get, get some sleep now, bub. Because you're done for the next 18 years. Yeah, I mean, like my first, I think my daughter, because she was, like, since two months, she would just sleep all night. So I'm like, oh, Oh. kids are easy. I'm like, everyone was wrong. (laughs) And my son's only 15 months younger. 
So he pops down. He's just different. He's like, nah, fuck that. You guys are awake. <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. You're yeah, awake. He's like, let's fucking go. Yeah, <laughs> just like dude. The show. I, I feel like that's the way it's going to be with Birdie. She's, because uh, Bethany wakes up like three or four times a night. I'm like, oh, this girl's going to be up all night. I can feel it. Yeah. It's just, it's just you, you can always tell when they're in gestation, like, if they're active towards the end of the night, like, that's that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got to tell her, stop eating sugar at night. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to tell her to the kid, you're th- making the kid think it's okay to be up this late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a trip. I mean, ha- being able to have a girl and a, and, a, and a boy, man, it's such a different, you know, it, it's different and the same, you know? But, like, when it's, like, like my daughter, she, no one loves me as much as her. I always tell her, like, no one will ever love me as much as you. Like, I can't raise you to be a woman. I can tell you the right things to do. Like, your mom has certain things she's, you know, got to do about with me. I just got to love you as much as I can. And just, like, when she looks at me, it goes, like, yesterday, she's like, you're the best dad in the world. She just said it without <laughs> even anyone saying anything. Dude, I just got teary. I'm like, dude, we just crushed me. As girl dads, we teach them. We set the groundwork for how they're to be treated yeah. by other men if they if that's the route they choose to go, right? Or women. How your, how your partner is supposed to fucking treat you, your dad instills that in you. And, like, your fucking self-respect and, and morals, like, that comes from us, in my opinion. And th- everybody asks me, like, oh, I bet you want a boy. I bet you want a boy. I'm like, nope, I don't want a girl. And I'm <laughs> getting one yeah. because she's going to love me forever. Forever. It's, it's such a um, – I hate this. Like, Chris Rock made the comparison. He's like, you only get unconditional love in two places. He's like, from a dog and from your children, <laughs> particularly your daughter. You know? yeah. That is the most real unconditional love. Like, And then with my son, like, now he's about to be five. So he like like I played sports in college like I grew up skateboarding doing all this shit. Now that's all he wants to do. So now he finally is like, oh shit, my dad can do all this stuff. I'm like, dude, let's go play baseball. He's like, every day, all day. I'm like, yeah. I dude. get that from my son too. And the what boys offer is like they always want their dad to be stoked on them. Yeah. And I always am. There is he can literally do uh, he could draw a flaming pile of shit, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's a fucking Picasso. Mm-hmm. Like, he can do no wrong in my eyes, but he just wants to know that I think what he's doing is fucking cool. Yeah, Daddy, and look I, at this. Daddy, look what I did. Daddy, yeah. Like, Daddy, watch. I can jump over this can. Yeah, or watch me jump off this. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, he loves, like, he, he I, I told him, like, um, like, hey, you can't be scared. I want to see, like, he wanted to do, like, a front flip into the pool. I'm yep. Like, Dude, don't be scared. Don't think about it. Just do it. And he just did it, and he was so proud of himself, and he was so stoked that, like, he did it. It feel like, he, like, in his head, he, like, did it for me. And he was, like, the coolest thing ever for him. He's like, Daddy, look what I did. Look, I can do it. I'm like, dude, you're so cool. Yeah, I brought I brought my kids to uh, one of my DJ sets in Arizona. And my daughter's very reserved. And she's becoming a woman. So that comes with its own obstacle courses. Oh, yeah. But my little man, I, I w- he was like, can I come out on stage? I was like, absolutely. You can do whatever you want. Just don't sit. Like, I, I was prepped the dude to turn the monitors down, right? But I get one song in. And this fool has run out, and he is getting the crowd hype with me, and he's just looking at me like, see? Look. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing this Friday. I'm doing a show, and he's going to come out, and it's his birthday, and I'm going to have, like, I'm going to stop and have one of the homies bring out a birthday cake, and we're going to sing him happy birthday. I'm so fucking stoked. That's going to be the coolest thing. I know. I'm so excited. like, you're a good dad, I can tell. You'll probably be just as stoked or more than he will be. (sighs) You just, you can't wait for that, you know? Yeah. It's a... It's a beautiful thing, you know, when you get to do that. And you know he's always going to remember that. That's the goal. God damn, you know, I didn't think we were going to get fucking into it today, dude. Yeah, man. These things are cool. Uh, You know, when you get to just talk and you're talking with somebody you know forever, you know, we all have the same thoughts. We know we're going to say, but you meet new people. You kind of get an intuition. I think that's what I want to say. I think we might have some cool shit. For sure, man. 
I'm stoked cool. on this. Definitely. So right now it's eight eighteen. The pre show is this is the pre show. That's the oh no, show. The, no the pre show is the eighteenth. The nineteenth is actual SummerSlam. Mm. Where can people get tickets? Can are you are you pre selling tickets? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, if I'm gonna I'm making a new website where everything will be on there. But if you go either, um, well, if you just go to uh, summer underscore slam underscore sd, it's the link trees there or the firm sd. Um, the link trees there with all the tickets. If you see the flyers, the QR code on the flyer also directs you straight there, so you can get them. Uh, most of the bands have it on their on their um, Instagrams and stuff like that. Um, the pre show is, is a little bit different. There is tickets available for this, but it's the first 150 people that show up with SummerSlam tickets that already bought them. Um, the first 150 that show up, they get in for free. It's like part of the deal. So if you're going to the pre-show, get there early. I'm mostly doing like giveaways and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so pre-show on, it starts, what time is it? I can't remember right now, but it's going to be, I was looking at my own flyer, <laughs> 5 p.m. doors. Got um, it. And then we, yeah, rolled out from there. Um, and then same thing, like SummerSlam starts at 1. Well, doors are at 1. And it's the same thing. Like all the first people that get in, you get, we're doing giveaways for, I'll go over like kind of shows and stuff in a little bit, but upcoming shows. We got all these really cool like like uh, SummerSlam towels. I'm going to do this new thing. I'm gonna, I got to, I got to, I'm going to try it. You know, like when you go like to uh, Padres Night where they got the towels or like like Pittsburgh, the terrible towel. Yeah. I'm bringing the terrible hardcore towel in. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shit ton of these things being made, and I, I I hope it runs like it does, like if it was a Pittsburgh towel, where at one point there's going to be 450 people waving this big, huge towel in the air, and it's going to look dope. You know, some it, yeah, I'm definitely stealing a page from like some of the bands right now, like uh, like Drain does it with the volleyballs and the, the beach the balls vo- beach and um, like the surfboard um, boogie boards. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I'm like it looks cool. It looks, it's it's fun. You know, it, it it doesn't create bad energy. It creates a fun excitement energy. So I'm like, I want to. Yeah, like you come in, you get free stuff. I got, you know, I'm giving out a bunch of free gear from the firm. Um, we have, I saw you had Funk, uh, Fuck Fentanyl. Yeah. Um, all my shows I always try to include um, charities in there. So they're, they'll be there, and um, uh, Punk's Rotism will be there, and all the bands will have like merch and stuff. And we're all like collectively doing fun stuff for people. Like I wanted, at SummerSlam, it's not just like, it's, there's actually two bands that are actually haven't even announced yet on it. But um, so right now it's 17. So at the end, it's going to be 19 bands. God damn. <laughs> I'm kind of tripping, but you know, <laughs> I'm lucky I got like. I How many bands are staying out. at your house? Yeah, all right. Um, it's, it's, I got like a really good setup for it. Like I've been planning so much for this thing. Like it hopefully, you know, as long as everything runs the way it should, we should be totally fine. It will. You're doing uh, it for the right reasons. That's why anything done for the right reasons is successful. Yeah, you know, the thing is, like, this one puts, starts, like, starts the SD, like, new thing. Yeah. This, this, this is the beginning to a new era. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean. Did you have anything to do with CDC? No. No? No. Uh, Very excited for that show. show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, What, what day is it now? Uh, The 9th. July 9th. Because there's the one that you guys are having here on the 2nd. But um yeah, that's after uh we're having a bike night with right, yeah, yeah. with uh ride and destroy, yeah, and yeah. then we're gonna have a hardcore show after. And then of course you guys got what happened to me. You got a there's a hardcore show one town over. Is there really? Nine Forks. No. And, and take offense. No. And Wait, is that the? <laughs> it's a Sound and Fury fucking pre-show or pre- the showcase, whatever. Dude, I was looking at that. <laughs> That's on this. Oh track. no, I know what it is. I'll tell you about this after after the uh, after the podcast. I'll tell you. Oh, I, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's happening in Shea. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Are you going to Sound and Fury? Um, well, I got there's something I have. What do we have? I'm going uh, Sunday. I'll, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll probably I'll try to go Sunday. I haven't been uh, to it. I, I mean, there's always something that comes up. I've, I've had the last years I've had kids, so it's it's hard to get out. You know, yeah. Tell the wife, hey, I'm gonna go to a concert in L. A. And you're just gonna do everything <laughs> and take care of everyone <laughs> for while eight hours. And she's I'll like, try not to get hurt. Yeah, she's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, not the um. I want to check it out. There's a lot of stuff going on that weekend in L.A. There's, like, too much, you know. I had to make sure I planned this far away from that as I could, but not too far. But uh, I got a uh, – on the 14th of July, I have a showcase show as well in Riverside. Uh, it's going to be Nowhere Safe, Legions, 97 Minutes, and Cinderblock, CA, and Veins of Black. And then we got – I got one more I'm going to add on to that as well. So, um, yeah, I'm doing – I think I might do a second – It's Looking like it, but I'm, I don't have the date yet for it. Like, I wanted to do a San Diego showcase, but, it, like, like one in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably just, you know, come here and, you know, hang out with you guys and just, just talk to people about um, SummerSlam and just that kind of stuff. But um, Sound of Furious is definitely set, like, a tone, you know. They got a certain thing, and yeah, it's cool. Like, they have a certain brand. I like how they haven't mixed it up too much. And yeah. Yeah, so I, I, there's some bands on there I have no idea who they are. There's some bands on there that – that's very my cup of tea, and there's some bands I'm like, holy fuck, this is like. That's why I got Sunday tickets, and yeah. if you know, you know. <laughs> I, d- I didn't. Uh, who's headline? Who were the main bands for Sunday? Trapped under ice. Oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah Dude, I was at Stakehold's fucking record release party, or I was at the Trapped under ice Stakehold record release in fucking Newport News, Virginia, at Liberty Four. There was a fucking stage dive gangplank oh, at this venue. What? It was a fucking legendary venue. That sounds awesome. Is it on YouTube? I yeah. See yeah. Liberty awesome. Four. Oh my god, bro. Virginia has like some of the best bands. Yeah, I like I love Down to Enforced. Nothing. I and love fucking Municipal Waste. Yes, I love Guar. Like Guar's from Richmond. Yeah. Municipal Waste. Lamb Naysayer. God, like so Lamb of God's from. All right, so uh, I want to say it's the vocalist went to my high school. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, fucking fifteen years before I did, but yeah, that's a trip. Yeah, dude, that's and cool. like. There's so many. Dead and Dreaming is another yeah. like band that a lot, not a lot of people have heard of. But fucking Fire and Ice, Down to Nothing, Naysayer. Uh, f- I'm, I'm missing some. There's so many good. Me Brace too. War. Yeah. You know what I mean? Virginia so has many a crazy, good. crazy, like thrash, hardcore scene. And yep. then, like, there's really cool old school videos of, uh, of like, punk bands in Virginia, like, like with old school, like, um, ramp set up and backyards. Like, old, like, they had a skate scene. They had a punk scene. They Still had a do. Scene, the thrash yeah. scene. And then they're. That's where Guar was invented. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that, now you're talking like you guys are creative, dude. So in Richmond, <laughs> there's uh, right outside of it, there's this place called uh, Hodads, or uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's called Hodads. This is water park, right? They throw the Guarbecue there. Oh, really? Every year the Guarbecue is there, and so they play, cool. and it's. Have you ever been Guard? I mean, I try. You've been to a Guar show? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I know what's up. Oh yeah, yeah. so a lot of that's going on. It's, I, uh, I would say. There's a lot of really good people from my home state, but I have no desire to go back. There's oh also yeah. a lot of fucking shitheads. You know what I mean? That's like I'm with Boston. I have no desire to live there ever again. I think it's a cool place. I have some amazing friends there, but fuck, I don't want to go there. Right. It's There's a lot of jaded people on the East Coast. Sure. And it's I think it's the people that got stuck and, and settled for what was dealt to them mm-hmm. instead of fucking going up and above. That's just my ma- outside looking in. It could be dead wrong. You know, when I went, I went back there and from uh, – from May 15 to May 16, both me and my dad are both cancer survivors. So I got it when I was like young. I was like 20 something. Oh, shit, or something like dude. That. Yeah, I got it. 
And mine wasn't like I, I'm gonna die. It was it wasn't good. It was testicular, you know. It's, it's, you gotta it's like you're gonna take a sacrifice here. But yeah. I got it early, and then my dad got it, and I went out there to take care of him. And um, I instantly noticed. I thought we were gonna move there, um, but after like a month, I'm like, why don't I have like the same? I don't know, positive. Like something's missing. It's it's you could say it's in the air. It's something about just seeing palm trees and seeing like clear skies all the time not dreading winter there's a lot of dread that oh comes yeah. being on the east coast a lot of dread and i didn't i just can't you know that takes away from can't put a price on happiness you know i'm happy just just uh, going by the beach seeing my break seeing my homies i have the same friends of 30 years almost you know 25 whatever you know it's uh, this is different i think it's uh yeah when you once you get out here and like you just you're part of this like it's even the food like everything you know it's, yeah. it's a different i don't world. eat mexican food outside of san diego county you shouldn't you know I what mean? <laughs> i'll eat i'll eat a king taco in la that's a fact mm-hmm. dude funny story about that right so first time i ever really get into downtown la i'm going to a rebel eight fucking warehouse sale sure and i go with the homie i work in his zoomies i fucking love rebel eight my giant is one of my favorite graffiti artists of all time and now he also lives in san diego the but, rebel uh, eight guys do? No, no. So there's a there's a story behind there. So there was Josh D and Mike Giant from San Francisco, and they formed Rebel Eight. Somewhere along the lines, Mike Giant no longer does the artwork for it. So he doesn't do the artwork for Rebel Eight anymore. But he's still doing his own thing. He was a tattoo artist for a long time. He's fucking like huge historian and like the, not only just the graffiti side of things, but like dance music, like techno club music, and like low riders, paint, tattoo, like all that. Mike covers that, but uh. I, we go there, and uh, it's, like, it's right outside of Alameda. So it's, like, near downtown, near Skid Row. It's, like, blocks away from Skid Row. Yeah. And um, we're starving. We're, wait, we're camped out, and we go to the King Taco. And I had been in California maybe, like, a month. And, like, Mexican food to me at that point was Taco Bell. So I get my tacos, and I'm, like, I'm looking at the menu, and I don't know. I'm, I fucking would have ordered fucking lengua and not knowing what the fuck it was. Sure. So I, the homie gets my tacos, and I get them, and I'm, like, dog. There's no cheese on this. And he's like, God, what the sh- shut the fuck up. Just get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, dude, what, what do you mean? Why are you looking at me like that? He's like, dude, we don't put ta- cheese on tacos. That's not a thing. <laughs> you fucking white boy of white boys. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're going to embarrass us. <laughs> and so that was my first King Taco experience. And afterwards, I, when I once I ate the tacos, I understood why. Yeah. No need to. Yeah, I don't need to mask that flavor, baby. Just get that. It's, it's, it's the best. It, there is definitely a difference. Like, San Diego's Mexican food is, is different than L.A. I don't know how it, it is. changes, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if you go to Taco El Gordo in, on, like, 8th Street, those oh. are the same people that work in, in TJ, too. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's some of it. You know, like, we're obviously, are, you know, where we at, but... Yeah, like when you leave here, it's not the yeah. same. And if you love Mexican food, <laughs> you go to East Coast. They don't even have Mexican food. If they do, it's Tex-Mex. They, or, yeah, they got a Plaza Azteca. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a fucking, yeah. That ain't fitting the bill. It needs to be greasy and it needs to, yeah. It's yeah. Just Fresh tortillas things. today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it. I, I don't even fucking do it. Like I, like I said, I travel every weekend. I'm, Mexican food's not on the menu. <laughs> I'd rather eat fucking sushi in Kansas. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Definitely. Fucking ridiculous. What else you got going on this <laughs> summer? You got anything pre SummerSlam? That well, so we got seven fourteen. So seven fourteen session show is talking about in Riverside. It's going to be at Romano's. It's a twenty one and up show. Starts at nine p.m. Again, if you just follow um, uh, the firm SD duck or the firm SD, you know the Instagram. It's on there. Uh, but then there's just a after um, this show on the nineteenth. It starts just I got like a over a dozen shows booked from now. Let me pull my clip here. The um from now until. 
the end of August, or excuse me, to the end of December. So it's already, like, a lot of stuff Holy has not shit. been announced. Yeah, and this, this is, like, the big shit. The guys from UK. Hey, hit me with the water, dude. I'm fucking parched out here. <laughs> Let me take a sip so I don't say it incorrectly or say the wrong shit. Bitters. Yeah. Nice catch. Thanks, homie. Oh. Got hands over here, yeah, baby. Man, you're on camera. Look, they thought I took you out. That's, you're done. Oh, done dude. <laughs> I would have been the viral content. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a, I got a lot of um, punk shows and hardcore shows coming. Um, let's see here. So on the 1st of September, Labor Day weekend's pretty crazy. Um, let's see. September 1st, we got special duties at Corazon del Barrio. I'm actually doing a collaboration cert with special duties. I just got done designing it. I'm getting the final okay, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be rad. Um, they're playing with Starving Wolves. Um, the next day on the second, I'm actually sponsoring CY Fest in LA, which is what I want to do down here. Like, I, you know, talking to Josh, I'm like, dude, let's do five thousand people show in your parking lot. You can facilitate, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one of my really good. Uh, I'm lucky. Like, I'm kind of partnered with Nothing Less Booking, my homie Nacho that runs it. He's he's super super helpful for booking shows. We're working together to bring bands like. We'll fly them over from wherever. They play in L.A., they play in IE, they play in San Diego. We do it together. You know, no longer just playing L.A. or, you know, us getting skips. So I wanted to make sure I was helping them out in his fest and sponsoring it. And so I'll yeah. be at that. Um, that's not my show, but I'll just be there selling merch and just, you know, hanging. Fuck yeah. The next day, <laughs> on the 3rd, I have Slaughter and the Dogs uh, playing at Till 2 Club with DPI, um, Nico, what's it called, Nico Bones. They just actually played there this weekend. Brighton Street Bullies, Revolt Chicks, and the Letdown. I like, like if I'm bringing a big band, it's really important to me that local bands are on that bill too. Thousand percent, it has to foster you know, the scene, dude. Exactly. Like I, some of this negotiating with agents, they're like, "Well, we want the, with this band, we're bringing this." I'm like, I, "It's you want me to do it? Like, I'll I'll facilitate. I'll get this done proper. Everyone be taken care of. But like, my scene has to come up with. You're not just come down here and make some money and bounce. You know, like I want you know if if I get like so and so like you know, mega band to play, like, homies so playing, like, the people that put in the work are opening up. Like, yep. the people that are active about it every day. And I don't want to come to a fucking, a three-band show. Yeah. I'd rather go to a seven-band show. I think they're way more fun. Yeah. More bands. Like and the bar gets to make more money. Mm -hmm. Fucking, Everyone people wins. are, people's making merch, you know what I mean? Everyone wins. I, I'm, I'm a stacker. You know, yep. you look at my shows, like, the pre-show is really just a, it really is a day one. I mean, there's, there's probably another band on that one, too. There, um, there may be. Yeah. Stay there, tuned. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's see. I'm still going from there. So what we got? Zero boys on the fifteenth. Um, trying to think who I can announce with that. Systematic abuse, which is from San Diego. Just so you got some bands on there that we can't talk about. Yeah, there's some on. Oh there. Like yeah, some, that's right. Some big ones. I'm just talking about the ones I can. Um, let's see. On the twenty eighth, total chaos. That the, these are both shows at um, Corazon del Barrio. Total chaos. Um, see us, Intervision and Brighton Street Bullies. So that's another show that we would not have had that we're getting and then august has or excuse me october has two really really big shows that um yeah i can't afford to get into them now but i'll the hint is we're talking east coast hardcore i'll tell you what it is at the end <laughs> we're talking east coast hardcore and we're talking like legendary legendary uk punk um again a show that we weren't gonna get but luckily like i also get the opportunity like ron martinez to talk to and send me shows and stuff like that and Make sure I do them right, so it's, you know, I'm lucky. Um, let's see, and then at the end, November, I'm working on a couple things. Uh, December, right now, we got conservative military image with Doc Hammer um, after the um, Toys for Children show, so that'll be 
upcoming year. And my idea is like, uh, if if I'm gonna get that show, why not fuck it up good? Like I love when there's a good number two, or there's a dope number three, you know. And then the locals, like I I, I like I like stack banger lineups, you know. Have obviously. you met uh, SOS Booking yet? I know them. Yeah. You know them? I, I with the LA guys, I usually work with. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty much the kings of the scene of LA. Dude, they're c- they have been putting on <laughs> some banger banger yeah. lineups. You really can't fuck with them. Like, that's what I'm like, dude, I want to do that. Like, yeah. they're an inspiration to me. Like, when I see that, I'm like, I want to get to that. Yeah. You know, they're, it's, they, they can, they do all different types of shit, but they're not sitting there trying to book Metallica. They're right. Just keeping it, like, dope-ass hardcore. Like, I, I also fuck with, you know, I got punk rock. I got yeah. metal in there and shit, too. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're fucking dope. But nothing less booking does all the same shit, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, they just, my homie just flew out Conflict for, like, two shows. To play Exploited. I'm like, what? Damn. Like, teach me how to do that. Then make sure that we can do that in San Diego. Who got GBH out here? That was such a random last second show, like in the most under marketed show I've ever seen. It was great. I went to it. Um, there's a shirt. Yeah. The chisel. Uh, yeah. It was, who was it? It wasn't, um, I don't know. I think it was just a, a Live Nation thing. Oh, God. Really? Because uh, they own House of Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It was at House of Blues. So it I'm was. assuming, like, it wasn't, but I just don't, I couldn't believe how many people were at it. And you like, like me and my friend were looking at. I'm like, can you find anywhere where it says this show is happening? Like, how do we even know this is happening right <laughs> now? There's one flyer that they put out like six months ago with 40 dates and like a little tiny, you know, thing. But I'm like, hey, if you build it, they will come. You know, gr- growing up working in nightclubs, if so and so DJs working, you know, they're playing. They draw. Whether you like it or not, yeah. If you build it, they'll come. They will show up on a Wednesday night or on a Monday night if you got that venue. Dude, I did a party at Cornerstone in Berkeley. Uh, like the night after GBA or no, 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 the week after. And the, the production manager there is an old school Berkeley head. And like, I, I could sit and listen to him talk about like, he watched AFI come up and like oh, yeah. every, every Berkeley Bay Air East Bay band that I could rattle off. He fucking knew personally. And like the story so far, I'm a huge story so far fan. He's like, Oh dude, Parker, I used to sneak that kid into shows. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like crazy shit. But I was asking him, I'm like, how was the GV? And my homeboy, fucking Bodie, was there. He, uh, he, and he brings his daughter. She's 13. He brings her to all the shows, and he went to see GVH. And I, it was just so crazy that I, I get the opportunity to throw a party at these venues where yeah. like legends have fucking just graced the stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's super cool. I'm bringing my daughter. I, I brought my son and my daughter to the. Were you here when they had the Black Flag show at the Claremont Skate Park? So I, brought I my heard kid. about it. I didn't get to go. It was a cool setup, but it's more of an idea. Like, it's seeing Greg Ginn just play with my ukulele and, like, some kids. You know, it's kind of weird. But I brought my kids to that one, and then – but they didn't really know what was going on. But my daughter, she, like, she really wants to go. So I'm bringing her to her first, like, official, official, real show, just me and you, the addicts. I bought her an addicts T-shirt, like, when she was born. Like, I went to an addicts show, and they, had, they actually sold kids' shirts. It's – seven teeth you know yeah. for a seven year old <laughs> so everyone's still wearing it you know right. like she just passed it down to my son now he's wearing it there we go but she's seen the little face forever i'm like all right i'm gonna take you to this concert like you've always asked me to go and this is we're gonna do this this is gonna be your first real real concert so i can't wait to do that with her and put her on my shoulders and her just that's a cool one too because the addicts got like a lot of you know production that goes with their show and that they kind do. of stuff so Dude, and wait until she finds out what that face is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do they still dress up like Rockwell Orange? Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh, God. Everything. Too. They do more now than like, like when I used to see them back in the day. Like 
the glitter falling from the ceilings and the the whole like wing thing like it's 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 a it's a lot you know like they've, they've add they've kicked it up if anything dude i remember finding a vhs of a clockwork orange in my stepdad's stuff and i found it and i was like hey uh what is this he's like put that down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally i watched it yeah. and it changed my fucking life forever it's a crazy fucking movie dude it's a fucking gnarly movie you read the book i haven't read the book it's fucked even up. worse <laughs> yeah it's disturbing Dude, I read Train Spotting, and I I love Irvin Welsh. She's a great writer, but fucking the movie Train Spotting is like a fucking cliff notes of the book. Sure, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fuck. trip how much because um, Clockwork Orange has some fucked up scenes in the movie. Oh, it, it was like illegal in a lot of countries yeah. for many years. And there's like you know addicts and like lower class bats are totally kind of based off that movie, you know. So it's certain parts, you know. Obviously, those bands don't endorse. The other parts, you know, that we don't right. really talk about, you know, but what he goes to jail for. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. you know, just don't they don't condone rape. You <laughs> know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a it's a crazy movie to be so influential, influential on the scene. Yeah. You know, um, like to me, I, I like that movie, but I like class of 84 better. Really? That was like I was like, this is cool. This is like crazy, like punk rock, gang violence, madness. I'm like, this is I mean, they were fucked up. They were doing fucked up shit, but it's. Most movies have fucked up people doing fucked up shit. The best movies have fucked up shit. Yeah, like Club. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Come on. So with me, like that, or like Decline, or you know, some of the other classics, I, I kind of like more than as much as people like obsess over Clockwork. But it is, yeah, it is a great movie. So it's timeless. I mean, the yeah, the lower class brats. I did a collab shirt with them, and we had to make sure we had that classic orange. You know, they had their classic. Did you bring me one of those? I think yeah, you did. There is one. There's that. I'm there's stoked. There's a bunch of shit in there. I'm so fucking stoked. <laughs> Nino, I think this is a great place to wrap. Fucking, we will come back on anytime you have some announcements. Oh, cool. We'll, you can bring on a guest, and we'll fucking do whatever, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. You guys got a great thing going on. I hope you keep doing this. You got a good message. You got a good way of reaching people, and you're doing the thing for San Diego, and it's just, you know, you're doing it right. You know? Dude, God it's just you. like, thank you, dude. I really appreciate that. It's just like Josh says, dude, a rising tide raises all boats. You know what I mean? And I just want to, when you ask... If it was an option, uh, fuck yeah, it's an option. Anything you're doing for San Diego to make it a veteran, especially when it comes to shows, like, I'm way on board, dude. So I'm excited to see how SummerSlam goes. I will fucking be there. Meet me in the pit, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. Thank you so much for having me, man. Thank you so much for every, everyone that contributed to this, too. There's so many people. You know, I mentioned a lot of them, but just the, the people coming out to it, the people that are being a part of this. There's a lot of people that just... Just, just volunteering their time just to be a part of helping San Diego change and helping things happen, man. It's it's an awesome thing, man. And, I, yeah, thank you for letting me be on here and do this thing, man. Anytime, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Fuck yeah.